friends and family, welcome to another episode of Moose Mike. Today, there are no jokes, there's no monologue, because what I was forced to watch for this episode drained the life out of me. So we'll just get right to it. Right, Rodrigo? Yeah, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today. Today's episode is only me and Rodrigo, as Stafford was sent on a secret mission. And we'll be back in a week or two, if everything goes right. Yeah, according to your timeline, like, maybe he might be back for, I don't know, maybe... Yeah, actually, when this is released, he might actually be back already. But as of recording, he is on a secret spy mission. Exactly. We'll be returning. A really important <laughs> we'll mission. We'll be returning, so... Yes, it's for uh, national security. Yes. And hopefully we can talk about this when he's back, about the whole... Um, operation. The yeah. whole operation that he's doing. But just just for everybody that is listening, like, he's doing an amazing job. In, with a great cost to what he's doing right now. So, like, right now, we're, we're sending him, like, probably he will hear this before being released, but we send him hi, and we're really proud of him, uh, just for this, the job he's doing right now. Send him good vibes, yeah. yeah. But uh, today we're talking about a Netflix stop movie. 365 Days, which comes from a book called... Uh, 365 DNI. If you haven't watched 365 Days, I would recommend you do. We're going to be talking about the plot of the movie and the detail. We're going to be complaining about it a lot. It's a bad movie. It's a really, really bad movie. Yeah, straight up. Like, we, we uh, just have to say it, like, pro- probably the title of this podcast is misleading or something, saying like, oh, we're super fans of three, 365 Days or like, all hail Massimo or whatever, but like, f- for real, th- this movie sucked. <laughs> like, this this was a really real... Like, I, 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 at some point, I couldn't consider it a movie, you know, but like, let's... let's and, I, and I have a confession to make to you, Rodrigo. Yeah, sure, go ahead. I, I, I didn't watch this movie once. Oh. I actually watched it twice. Fuck. <laughs> that's, unex- <laughs> that's unexpected because, like, for everybody hearing, like, so, like, I told about this to Arthur because I just thought, like, it was interesting because, like, right away, like, I'm just, you know, um, so Stafford left and then, like, we're in the in the blue saying, like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Meanwhile, Stafford is not here, right? And then, like, I'm just... I, I'm trying to chill. I'm just trying to relax. I put on my Netflix and straight up, first thing I see, 365 days, number one in Canada. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that? Like, wh- why is that the, the thing that is trending right now? Uh, and then like, yeah. e- even, the, even the poster, you know, like it's really suggestive. And at some point oh, yeah. before, before watching the trailer, before watching anything, I was like, oh, maybe this is a real artsy movie from Poland trying to you know like appeal to main audiences this kind of shit you know like i was making all these theories in my head but i was like okay i need to see why this is trending you know because i think we will discuss it later on the podcast but uh i think lately a lot of things in netflix that have been trending it's not actually like i don't want to say good content but like content that probably some people say like oh i don't want that i don't watch that shit you know like it's super cringy or oh it's super like uh, guilty pleasure kind of kind of stuff, you know. But yeah, no, my, my my experience with the movie was, oh, you gotta watch this for the podcast because that's what we're recording about. It's the first time number one on Netflix, sure. 
So I open up. I just read a synopsis of it, right? Yeah. Oh, it's a some sort of crime drama with a romance on it. Yes, I can see where this is going. The fact. Okay. That, that, before I get into this, right? The synopsis of the movie. Movie is about a uh, Max. Massimo. Massimus. Massimo. Massimo. Yeah. Which is the most the Italian version of the name Maximus. I really wanted to call him the gladiator the whole movie. But um, the gladiator, Italian gladiator, is a local mob boss. And he kidnaps this young woman and gives her 355 days to fall in love with him and living with him. And if she doesn't fall in love with him on the 365th day, she can leave. She's allowed to leave and go back to her life. And that is the premise of the movie. Pretty much the, the Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Pretty much the Beauty and the Beast, but... But done so bad. Just, <laughs> but then let's get something straight, right? Let's, uh... For my first point here is that... What is the point of Ma- of our gladiator friend, Maximus, being a mob boss? No, yeah. That is, in no point... It is not you. It, the only reason why he's a mob boss is because he's super rich. No, it's the only like he's a mob boss, so he's a billionaire. That is the only reason they use that plot point. There is no like, there's there's one scene where he kills a person. There, there's three. <laughs> there's let's say three instances or four maximum, <laughs> maximum and maximus. Uh, Maxi- uh, maximum. <laughs> There's four instances in the movie where that is, let, let's say, relevant. No, I'm not going to say super important or something. It's, it's, it's kind of relevant. Like, it's the beginning of the movie that is stupid as fuck. Then the whole kidnapping thing, it just works because he's a mob boss or whatever. Then, like, there's some bits here and there that with the freaking policeman and then, like, the, the scene at the club and all that kind of shit. And then the end. Like, that that's the pretty much, like, the only instances where it's, like, important that he's a mob boss. And, and even that, like, it could have been something else, you know? He could have been just a rich man and that's it. Like, somebody being threatened. Yeah, it was like... Like, the, the movie opens up, right? Like, the first, first, first huge offense. When I open up this movie, right... For the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought I was watching a huge video clip, right? Oh, because fuck, it's, yeah. It's a licensed song after licensed song on landscape shots of Mac- Maximus, which I guess credit to the actor and his personal trainer is built like a Greek god. Oh, yeah. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, it's rarely a rich man who apparently doesn't own many shirts. He only has the one black one and the one white one. And apparently, they went to the wash for half the movie and they couldn't use him anymore. But like, the movie opens up right with this scene of Maximus, 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 Maximus. his dad dealing with these these other criminals. But it's telling us that they're not as bad as the other criminals because they don't traffic human children. Follow up, and I guess, <laughs> no. and I guess that's that, that that that's a good character trait. No, wait, just, you know what? No, no, he, no. He's a mob boss. He's a killer. But you know what? He doesn't diddle children. No, so I guess he's okay. No, but but man, like, just a follow up to that, you know? Like, yeah, sure, he has this character trait of like, oh yeah, like we don't traffic people, and then like he's brought up later in no, the movie. No, 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 uh, no, 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 wait, 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 traffic wait, children. We don't tra- traffic children, yeah, like, we don't traffic yeah. children or whatever. They, they traffic people, they traffic people, all right? They don't yeah. traffic children. But that's what I mean, like, and later on, the whole fucking plot of the movie is like, I'm kidnapping you, 
to do my I'm biting. Trafficking somebody. I'm trafficking somebody <laughs> to do my fucking biting, man. Like it's it's kind of like why would yeah. you put that trade? Like you could have put something else, you know. Like but but not like. And it's so hamfisted. It's so. Oh fuck like, yeah. And then it, and then it gets even worse. And you have like Massimo's dad gets shot. But but he's... and we never never really know why. We never really know why or who. He gets shot by a sniper, and that plop that that is that. We don't know who shot him. We don't know why. I guess we just needed him out of the movie. No, I'm, and then and beyond that, you know, like like I I get it storytelling wise, you you're right, but also like the way it was shot, like it was dumb as fuck. Because you see, no, like the whole the, movie, the whole movie shot so dumb. Yeah, but I mean, like this specific part, like because it, it's the first couple of minutes of your movie, right? And then like I was watching it with my wife. And straight up, like, you get this establishing shot of this castle or whatever. Like, you see the whole panorama. Like, there was no buildings around it. Like, there was nothing. No, or, no, no, no. And no. straight up, like, unless that sniper shoot it from a helicopter straight down, that shot is believable. But you don't yeah, hit a fucking again, helicopter. You don't see a freaking helicopter. You just see, like... The, I, yeah, again, obviously they shot most of that part in slow motion because... Why wouldn't they, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You can see the shot. The shot comes from above. And there is no building for it to shoot from, right? There's no building. There's no sound design to imply yeah. there was, like, a no. helicopter or no. something. Like, there's no... no and, 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 the sh- and the shot is so weird. Because it's like it's like one of those stock gunshot sounds. <laughs> yeah. And then you just hear the squib blowing up on the guy's face. <laughs> anyway, so... Anyway, right? And... Massimus also gets shot. The shot goes like they're hugging when it happens. The shot goes through his father and hits him. And as he's laying on dead, he sees the face of this woman that he never saw. Oh, and we know and at, at that point in the movie we don't know, but later on, like we find out, like this is the whole thing. It's Laura. It's, it's Laura. Laura yeah, the main character, Laura. Yeah. And then he goes apparently obsessed about her. And then we have a scenes where uh, Laura in is, San Francisco. We have San Francisco. And, and sorry, and then we have like apparently he makes paintings out of her that he has this. Apparently, Massimo's not only has the body, body of a Greek god, but the memory of one as well. Oh yeah. So he's able to so he's able to make a perfect picture reminiscing her just out of his memory when he was dying. No, and, and it's a perfect match. And beyond, like before we go into that specific like the plot, like the plot, and I'm saying it like quote unquote like plot because I don't consider that a plot, but. Uh, also the whole thing, like the whole 20 minutes before that, because you, you don't get to see these two guys until like 15 minutes into the movie or 20 minutes into the movie and still it's a clusterfuck. Yeah. But I mean, like when you see that scene in San Francisco, like you start getting like those, because, okay, the first, the first couple of minutes, they're bad. Like we already laid that out, like with the shot and everything. But then like when you actually start realizing, okay, this is a sketchy movie and this is not going to go well. For me, it was in those scenes in San Francisco. Because straight up... Where is San Francisco and Warsaw? Yeah. Okay, I think that's when I started texting you. While I was watching. So I was watching this movie and I was live texting Rodrigo while watching because I was dumbfounded by it. It is insane. So pretty much, like, five years passed. Massim was in San Francisco. Yeah. And we have a scene of him being a mob boss, pretty much, like, strong-arming people to do deals with him at a business meeting in San Francisco, right? And threatening people uh, because he's a mob and boss. While he, and while he does that, we're intercutting with a different scene of this random girl talking business and about clients, and it's like, 
both of them on their respective meetings, but we have no idea who this girl is, right? Also, no idea. And before before we get into the meetings themselves, right? We just see these. These are the two people. We have no idea who this girl is. We know who Massimo's is. There, and then they leave, right? Yep. And then when they leave, uh, they have, we have a scene of the girl, Laura, unbuttoning her shirt and taking a picture for someone. And mm. then we, as soon as she does that, we catch Massimus picking up his phone and seeing a, p- a picture of a girl showing her boobs to him. And you would think, because, again, you're seeing from their phones that it's the girl in Warsaw sending Massimus in San Francisco a lewd picture. But no, on my rewatch, actually, it's, Anna. it's a completely, it's Anna, it's yeah. his ex-girlfriend. It's a completely different girl. Sending him a lewd picture. That we don't see but until the, like an the, hour and a half in the, the movie. The, we see her at the at Act 3. That's the only one we yeah. her. Act 3. And then... It's so confusing. Who was Laura sending the... Why was she sending boob pic- What? To his boyfriend? But, but straight up, yeah, like, like... She's also meeting her boyfriend in the next scene. So, like... And the boyfriend is like... Oh, yeah, whatever. I'm working, right? So... It's not... Yeah, it doesn't the, even have a payback of, like... Oh, she sent this to, like spice him up yeah. or whatever like no like she just she arrives to the apartment well before we got, we get into that the way it was shot in the meetings superly over over dramatic like it was like a mexican soap opera like straight up when I, when i saw that scene of laura talking with this businessman like saying oh yeah well laura it was your responsibility to do this uh deal and they're like you don't talk to me that way I'm a empowered woman, and I have done this deal. And then this guy, oh yeah, well, women cannot do this. And it's just like straight up, like I think nowadays in today's landscape, sure, there's some, there's some kind of like conflict between like integrating a, a plotline of like empowering women without saying empowering women or something. But also like I think this movie straight up, like it was the quite the opposite. Like it was a misogynistic, like super macho movie like straight up like i was disgusted most of the movie it was the, just the, 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 empower, the empowering part of it was just a show they weren't really empowering anyone no yeah that. like the only empowering thing was that meeting of laura but beyond that like they this deconstructed no. her character and deconstruct the whole thing at the end of the movie like it was just fucking stupid but we, we and, can and get into so that weird. after that yeah, yeah. And, and it's so weird so like the other thing that got me right I only like i gotta say like for the first time i watched the movie for the first hour I thought that Laura was also like a mob boss. The, the way she behaves, the, because of the meeting, right? Because again, like I'm having, like I'm watching this, right? I'm trying to pay attention, just like super, again, because it's also distractingly shot. Like Rodrigo is right, like it's almost like they they had a super expensive dolly for the day, and they had to implement it on every shot because they had it, and every shot it's just like you're in a roller coaster. It's just, the camera's just zooming around, right? And then you have, and then like the cam op is crazy, and like he's cutting headrooms. There's a straight up scene where the guy's talking, his eyes get cut by the camera. But it's just really distracting and really confusing. And I'm trying to pay attention, right? And the, my, my the only person I know in any of these scenes is Massimus, and he's in a Bob Boss meeting. And I don't understand. Like I watched it twice. I don't know what Laura's meeting was about. I still don't know what she was talking about on that meeting because I do, it was so intense and so crazily shot that I still do not know what, what the, the meeting fuck? was about. Yeah. But the first time I watched it, I had no question in my mind. Oh, this is a mob. This is the San Francisco Italian mob, and this is the Polish mob. 
and she's a mobster, oh. and they're talking about mobs because they were like talk about deals and this and that, and they don't have the balls, and like yes, this is mob mob people. And and, and also now that you mention it, like I, I I also don't understand like what was the meeting with Massimus, you know, like because sure like well I know what the meeting is about, but the, the whole thing with the plotline of Massimus and his family and his father and, and uh, the other guy, I think it was called Mario or something, the the right hand man. Mario. Yeah, like that whole that whole plotline is, is sort of like. Yeah, we're like a mob family, but we're not in the best place right now, and we're having some struggles. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you guys are living in a castle, pretty much. Like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You yeah, spend money yes. in big buck. Like, you can take uh, Laura in a yacht. Uh, like, you have like you're partying at clubs, super expensive every fucking day. Like, you can threaten other mob bosses, and they're like just bitching around. Like, oh yeah, Massimo, was like chill, man. You can kill people straight, left to right. So. Massimus, I don't see what's your problem, man. Like you're, you're pretty much like no. have the life at your, no. like you have the world at your feet. Nothing he does has any impact, right, to anything. And then yeah, again, like he has his like right hand man, like the young guy and the old guy. Yeah. The old guy, by the way, like well, the old guy. By the way, I do have to say this: the movie would be exponentially better if the old guy was played by Danny DeVito. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like I, 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 I watched like the second time I watched. Much what happened was I watched the first time. And then I called some friends, and I was like, okay, you guys gotta watch this with me. You guys gotta watch this with me. So they came over, we had grabbed some beers, and we were watching the movie again. Yeah. And one of them mentioned, like, it had to be Danny DeVito. Had to be Danny DeVito. The fact that it isn't Danny DeVito it's an, it, is disappointing. It's a mistake in the movie's part. And, and, it had to be. And probably one thing... Well, I don't think I'm going to watch the sequel, but like, there's a sequel confirmed. But I think yeah, the, the the book yeah, the book didn't end like that. Yeah. Well, so. uh, but for me, like the whole movie and even straight up to the final, I always thought like Mario was like plotting against Massimus the whole time, you know, because it, it gives you that vibe. Like yeah. because also like they have that meeting after he kidnaps Laura and tells him like, hey, you have to meet with this guy that like, you never see that meeting or whatever, and then like the camera stays still and he's like watching in this day into Massimus or whatever. So, like, the whole movie, I was like, okay, where is that punchline of, like, Mario, like, exacting his revenge or, like, taking the throne for himself or whatever, uh, okay, you know? Yeah, and let's get, okay, let's just, before we get, because that's more like towards the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just like, fuck. <laughs> this movie is... The, the thing is, like, this movie is so confusing and so, like, and has so many shit all together that yeah. ties together but doesn't tie together. It's like, okay... So the things that are discussed in the beginning only come up to the final, and all the thing in the middle is worth shit because nothing happens. Yes, and then again, like, and then again, we have about another two or three licensed songs happening because this is a fucking video clip. Again, half this movie's budget went to like music. Like, I, I do not doubt that. That like half the budget went to licensed. Like, you know they what? Have a, they have a full album there. It's it's insane. I I and, discussed this with somebody else, uh, and I think like this because it's the. Other fun fact: It's directed by two fucking people. How? How? Yes. Like it has what? what? And it's really apparent. Like what the fuck, man? Like and, 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 and it's not. There's a, it's not. It's not the Russo brothers. You know, it's not the Russo no. brothers. <laughs> Straight up, it's no. It's not. This is. This is not the Russo brothers. All right. <laughs> but yeah, like the fact of the matter is, like I, I, I think like they. So my idea is like, my kind of like my conspiracy theory is like. They were like they were given this script from this book or whatever, and then like they were just chilling, watching like Baby Driver, and they said like, 
you know what? Like, if that guy can put his fucking playlist in uh, in the whole movie, like, why can yeah. we, well, why can we not? You know? And it's like, well, yeah, but you understand, like, Edward Wright, like, can yeah, pick exactly. every song and like make it work. You know? Like, you just like if, if that bum Edgar Wright, who never done anything right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Edgar Wright never done anything. That amateur? No, never. That amateur Edgar Wright, he can do it. I can do it. No, but. Uh, and uh, that's the thing, right? So if you watch Baby Driver or any like Guardians of the Galaxy, any of those movies, like you can see that the movies were probably the songs were most likely picked when the script was being written. Yeah, they're like part of the story, pretty much. On this movie, it's really clear that in the post room, like these songs were picked on post production while they were doing something else. And I think like, it would drone footage. It would have been cool to have somebody here from sound design or like Ivan or Matt or, or somebody that we know that like knows about sound, but like, what the fuck? Like these, these songs, like, because you know, like in most movies, like they don't play out like the whole song. It's just like a specific parts that relate to the mood no. or the feeling or they're edited yes. that way. So it fits or whatever. Here straight up. I just thought like, okay, this guy has his iPhone plugging into the, into the movie. He presses record. He plays it out, then the the sequence ends. Okay, pause, and that's it. You know, like it's just fade in, fade out. That's it. Like, yeah. Im- imagine, uh, imagine like watching Guardians of the Galaxy, but you have to hear through the entire Blue Suede song, uh, Mr. Blue Sky. Right? Amazing song, but it's also five minutes long. And also, you're and watching then, a movie. Uh, and you're like, okay, like okay, I get it. Like Blue Suede is awesome. Can we get back to the movie? <laughs> like again, don't. P- Anyway, back to the movie. Okay, right? ba- back to yeah. the, back after the San Francisco whole thing because we La- went like Laura, Laura and her husband who I put her the actor just looks like the actor from La Casa de Papel. Like, oh yeah, Helsinki. Guy. Yeah, he just looks like Helsinki, so I call him Helsinki Light. For a moment, so I thought it was Hel- him, like for real. I thought it was him for the longest time. Yeah, so uh, Laura and Helsinki Light go to Sicily. Yep, and. They're having some discussions because Helsinki Light isn't the most present of boyfriends. He is not there all the time for her. He's a bit absent. He's a bit like he's a bit of an oaf in a way. So he's not always there for her. But like he, they still have a good relationship. They still have like they're still like banter. They're still someone happy. And then uh, they're celebrating Laura's 29th birthday, right? But also- and at some point during the b- birthday celebrations, they get a free champagne bottle from someone from a mysterious, mysterious donator, right? And again. Laura gets Laura gets up. She gets she sees the champagne. She freaks out. She gets up and walks. And for me, the first time I watched the movie again at this point, I still thought Laura was a mob boss. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. She she feels like she's gonna get poisoned. Yeah, yeah. She's afraid of getting poisoned by competition. <laughs> and then when I realized that wasn't the case, and rewatching the movie, I was like, why the fuck did she freak out when she got free alcohol? And then she stands up, goes to this courtyard thing. And as the camera pans around, we see Massimo. Massimus. Massimo. Massimus is like, is breathing down on her neck. Yeah, like and pretty much just sniffing on her neck, like he's to be sniffing. Sh- and he goes, "Are you lost, baby girl?" That's the whole. <laughs> exactly. that's, that's his that should words. have been the tagline the for the movie, you know? Like, are you lost, are you baby, lost baby girl? Baby? Because that fucking like, it, man, I, I reckon this guy is built like a great god or something. But pretty much that's the only line of the movie, like, from for him, you know? Like, it's the constant line that he's always repeating, like, Are you lost, baby girl? Are you lost, baby girl? Are you lost, baby girl? 
And then, like, I just want to comment something real quick about the whole thing with yes. the Helsinki light. I felt really bad for him. And it's just, like... After, oh, no, he gets be, fucked. He gets fucked. Before getting fucked and, like, before <laughs> He's a the whole thing, like, I just thought, like, the movie or the directors, Laura... Like, everybody tried to paint this guy as this fucking awful, like, boyfriend that, like, and you deserve so much fucking better or something. And it's like, well, the guy is kind of like a goof, you know, like he's distracted, like by some shit, like he doesn't consider things like, you know, like in the whole perspective. But at the end of the day, like he's a working man that they established that in the previous scene. Uh, he's taking her in vacations. He's doing this whole thing of like bringing his friends over for his ba for his birthday. He's singing to her like for her birthday, yeah. for her birthday like. He, he does all this kind of stuff, like, here and there, that is like, okay, this this is not a bad dude, you know, like... If, if, and and if, the one the one bad thing he does, right, in the beginning of the movie, which is he goes to a tourist spot before, before, without her. But the reason he does that is because he doesn't want to wake her up. Yeah. Like he sees her sleeping, he's like, oh, I don't want to wake her up, like, she's having a good night. And it's not like, they, they cannot go later on, like, it's, it's not established so, that. E even when he does something, quote-unquote, wrong, like, it's just because he's kind of an idiot. It's not because he... He's a dick. He's a bad guy. But anyway, uh, we're there with Massimo, and, right? and, and beyond that, like, the yeah. other bad thing that he does, like, I think it was straight up back, uh, bad, is the, um, the bad script, you know? Like, the... The other, the other thing, we, we'll get you. The other bad thing he does is, again, I don't think it's his fault, but... Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you it. Uh, anyway, so the camera pans, Massimo's behind her, breathing on her neck, asking if she's lost. Massimo. And, and then the camera does a whole 360 around her, and I'm no joke, Massimus is gone. Just like Batman. Batman, yeah. <laughs> Straight up, gone. I said that and the first time I watched it. I was like, oh, so this guy is also Batman, huh? And, like, I can't imagine anything but other than the fact that, like, he is just, like, hiding behind a bush. Like, some, like a bunch of, like, wildlife, like, nicks them. It's like, I imagine, like, he just jumped behind a tree. and like, please look at me. Please look for me. Please look for me. Yeah, like... That's what I saw. That, that's, that's... Yeah, and that's what something we discussed already. Like, the way the movie is shot, like, it's pretty dumb. Because they show you... When, when Laura arrives to that courtyard, like, it's pretty much like a field in the back. Then, like, the trees in between, kind of, like, making a path. And then it's, it's just field. So, like, the assumption that Arthur is making is not that crazy, you know? Like, it's just... No. Straight up, there's no way for Massimo to hide, you know? If you want to there, make... There, there, it's just a, a hallway, yeah, pretty much. And then, like, again, me still thinking that she's a mob boss, right? Like, oh, that's the other mob boss that she knew in her mob boss life. And they had a fling before. And now he's coming back for her so, so because he misses her. And, then, and that's what I thought the part of the movie was. Like, <laughs> oh, they're both mob bosses, you know? They're both mob bosses. They had a thing before. Okay, so, this is going. To, to sum it up, you're making a better script right now. Like, yeah. everything together than the actual script was. Yeah, they're both like, that's what I thought. Like, oh, the boy, they're like, why would this guy be here, right? Unless they, they knew each other before. So, movie goes on. Laura has another fight with uh, Helsinki Light. Yep. Martin, I think is his name. She goes to the she, city alone at night. She goes to the city alone at night, and then she hears dogs barking, which scare her. I, I don't... Like, again, the cue for her getting scared are dog barks, yeah. and sure. And as she's running around, she gets cornered by a bunch of Italian mobsters on their SUVs. And the implication is that they drug her with, like, chloroform or something. Yep. But... The way this scene is shot and done is she's walking in the street. There's SUVs, like, turn on their lights. She walks <laughs> back and then bounces. She walks to back, the... bounces into this guy, right? 
And the guy just looks at her and says, Good night, in Italian. Doesn't touch her, doesn't do anything, and it fades to black. And then she wakes up on a bed. So again, where did my mind go? Oh, it's, it's a dream. She was dreaming. She was having a nightmare. She's back in her hotel. Again, probably she had a thing with Italian mob boss. She's a mob boss as well. She's having a nightmare about his past with him. All right, that's just going to go back to Helsinki. You should have directed this thing, man. (laughs) (laughs) And then she stands up and the door is locked. And I'm like, no, wait. Wait, no, wait a second. Wait, no, no. That actually actually was previous scene. It felt like a dreamlike scene. Did it actually happen? And then finally, we have the confrontation of her and Maximus. And it's revealed. And that's when my whole, my, my whole world crashed on top of me, right? <laughs> we have the revelation that uh, she isn't, in fact, a mob boss. She is a random just girl. Random, a random girl that got to Sicily at the same time Maximus did. And as he was leaving on his Rolls Royce, he saw her at the window in the airport, and it was a in the airport, and it was the same girl that he saw when he almost died. And, and he straight up like, I, I don't know if even the books like later on like they explain, <laughs> and I probably don't think they explain it at all in the books or in any place. But like, why why that happened? You know, like why from all people, Massimus in his dead like in his deathbed, he was like, oh yeah, this random girl Laura, you know. But straight up, just like Arthur is saying, it's just like a random girl. She, she, uh, he has never met her before. He hasn't spoken never to her, seen. never seen her before. The whole champagne thing, uh, and, and, and my world is crashing on top of me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait, she's not a mob boss. Wait, she's not. They don't know each other. They have. They, they, they never met before. What is this? And then, you have the funniest scene in the world, which. Which is before this explanation, right? I, I, I just want to get an explanation first to explain my disappointment. Big, my huge disappointment with this movie. But before the explanation, there is this scene, which is the funniest scene for me. Which is her, tell me tell me who you are. Also, for some reason, again, nothing. The, the whole movie is in Italian and Polish. And then in and some really bits broken, English. Really broken English. Yeah. Like, not even, I'm not talking about accent wise, but like word structure. Like, it seems like those people are not. They don't know how to speak English that well. But anyway, that's just another distraction. And you have this whole scene, right? Just like, t- tell me, tell me you are who. Tell me who you are. Tell me, tell me, you know? And hey, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. But tell me, who are you? Why did you kidnap me? Why did you kidnap me? And then... And she's making all these yeah. assumptions just out of the gate, right? And, and, and yeah, and then like, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. And then she stands up. And then he grabs her. Throws her on a chair and says, "Do you want to? Do you want to answer or not?" I'm like, motherfucker! Like motherfucker! What do you think? She's been she's been screaming at you that she wants answers for a minute and he's be saying no, and then you throw her in the chair. I, I think and ask people about it. Maximus, what's your deal, buddy? man? What's your deal? What's the end game here, man? I'm tr- help me, help you. You know? Yeah. Like, come on. So, and then he reveals like, and then she sees the, the photo, like, the painting that he has, a photorealistic one-to-one painting of her on his living room, on one of his thousands of living rooms. Yep. And straight up, it just looked like somebody took a picture of the actress and like 
Photoshop it. Like don't don't they didn't make the old painting or like the actual yeah. painting. Like they straight up Photoshop it. But it's just like how the fuck this guy like like they make it so like this guy's so freaking perfect, but at the same time like so fucking flawed that it's just like I'm not like I, I don't like it, you know? But yeah, like let's let's move forward and, with this. And then you have the cringiest scene of Maximus like getting really close to her and saying you have 365 days to fall in love with me. One year from now, on your birthday, I will let you go if you haven't fallen in love with me. I won't do anything to you without your permission. And then as he says that, Touch he your passes breasts. his hand on her breast and he's fondling her. And later on the movie, oh. he is going to put his hands on her private parts without permission. But he's a gentleman, right? He does that and then, every fucking time. Like, that's something I hated about, like, the, across the whole movie. Like, if you're... I'm not saying, like, that guy could not succumb or, like, could not fail at his rule at some point, you know, during the movie. Like, it will be kind of, like, part of, a, of an arc for the character, you know? But, but it's never addressed. But it's, but it's never addressed. All the fucking movie, like, he's kissing her, he's grabbing her, he's groping her, he's doing, he's tying her and touching her breast, like, like, straight up, why would you put a rule that you're going to, like, be breaking every fucking scene, you know? And then, like, yeah, he has a super rapey behavior, right? And I'm pretty sure this is a reshoot, what happened next. He has the super rapey behavior, and this guy's a monster. This guy's probably one of the possible worst human people on this earth. He's a mob boss, he's a kidnapper, yep. he's a sexual offender. Because he's, like, touching her without permission. And pretty much bringing her into a sex slave for him, right? Oh, you know what we and forgot we this, about? And, then, the, and we have this... Yeah. The um, the blowjob scene of Massimus and the, in the jet. We forgot about that there scene. Is, there, there is a really graphic, and I mean, like, it could be on Pornhub graphic scene of Massimus getting a blowjob. Intercut with the lady, Laura, fingering herself. Yeah. But... And the scene is the creepiest because, again, it's also super rapey. Like, he just corners this air attendant. I don't even know the right name for it. Uh... No, no, it's just, like, they just use her as a prop, and that's one of the shameful things from the movie, just, like, straight up. Yeah, she's just a prop, pretty much, for him. And then he, like, f- kind of forces himself onto her, but at the end, it's implied that she liked it, so it's okay. Yeah, and I think after we discuss the whole movie, we can talk about the whole implications of the message that this movie is giving. That I think is totally wrong and totally fucked up in twenty twenty. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I just again, wanted to remind that that thing because yeah. it, it set up like this then, behavior from this guy that is super rapey, super like dominant in that way. Uh, he always wants everything in at his disposal because that fucking blowjob thing happens because somebody pisses him off with. A comment or like something that happened over the phone. No, it's actually it's actually really funny because he's laying down in bed, like on his he's on his private jet, and he's laying down, and then he stands up, he walks in, and he hears his, he his put the uh, curtains on. He, he he hears Danny DeVito going, Maximus, uh, someone steal a coke. We lost our coke. He looks at them, him, says nothing. He, like, he was like sitting down for like thirty seconds, stops. Yeah. Looks at him, says nothing, stands back up. And closes the curtain on them, and then forces the air waitress to have a blow, give him a blowjob, while his two business partner are like a foot or two away behind a curtain. Yep. And and that and that happens a couple. What of a times horrible in the movie. boss! What a horrible boss, by the way. Yeah. 
Anyway, movie goes on, and then, like, again, we have all these scenes of Massim as being probably the worst human being in existence. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, I guess the movie has to remind us that he has a heart of gold. So it brings the character arc, his Massimus redeeming quality, that uh, he is against child slavery and child endangerment. Because what a good person he is. Like, he has, he really cares about the kids, you know? So there's <laughs> He's looking out for the future generations. <laughs> he had, there has this guy who's like his brother, or he's like a family member. He's like a brother de la familia or something. And like, he's tied to this, like, this catacomb section of the castle, which we never see again. Oh, yeah, the it's dungeons. Like, the, the Maximus dungeons. It's, it's, it's the Maximus that we see like on this scene in the whole movie, right? And like, he interrogates him, and Maximus, again, to paint himself as a good person to the audience, goes, No, but, uh,. If you were only stealing money for me, you would be off the hook by now. I wouldn't care because I'm rich like that. But the children, you were trafficking children to a brothel and that, that's too much. I'm going to make you disappear, right? I guess this is redeeming character trait. But there's also there's something really amazing about this scene. Maximus is on the catacombs interrogating this guy, right? And then after that, we have a scene of Laura attempting, attempting to escape. To escape. Yeah. And as she is attempting to escape, she bumps into Maximus, but now... He is with the same guy outside, and he's shooting him outside on his court instead of shooting him on the catacombs, hidden where nobody could see him do it. He is out. He brought the guy outside to the court out of his castle and shot him there with a silenced pistol. And then, like, why? Why? Yeah. And then, like, they they put like because that's the thing. Like as you mentioned, like I I thought the whole movie Laura had like a criminal background or something because that's, yeah. that's the way she pre like the actress portrays the character because it's always like like go being around mob bosses being so fucking sassy with these d criminals and these dangerous people like owning it pretty much so I, I i thought the whole movie like she was something of like a criminal mind or something right and then in that same in that same scene he straight up shoots the guy and then massimo turns around looks at Laura, and Laura, like, faints like a damsel in distress, you know, like, oh, God, like, blood, or, oh, God, like, a shooting, and it's just like, well, but you have been comfortable all the way throughout the movie and with this it, kind it, of thing happening, right? It's really similar, I think, they were trying to get to this, like, what Fifty Shades of Grey did with, with its main character, right? Oh, fuck, no. Where, uh, where its main character is, is like, sassy and confident. The thing is, the main character in Fifty Shades of Grey is dealing with a billionaire. This guy is... not a criminal. Yeah, this girl is dealing so with a He's not a criminal. So he, she's dealing with a criminal. She's dealing with a guy that has no qualms on killing people, on trafficking people, like he's trafficking her. It's a guy and that you wouldn't piss off just like for the sake of pissing off. That's it. Yeah. And then again, like... And then the thing is, this was the first like 20, 30 minutes of the movie. We just described it pretty much beat by beat. And then there's an hour 20 of the movie where... Uh, Nothing happens. Yeah, there's there's some things here right. and there, but nothing really happens. There's a, a bunch of sex scenes that is just pointless. There's, there there's, is a lot of sex scenes. There is one oh. that I was like, like I don't know if that, that happened to you meanwhile you were watching, but I was like, what are you trying to achieve here? Like Because straight up, like he ties Laura into the bed. And yes, he, okay, and, and, yeah, and then like an escort arrives and is giving him a blowjob. And it's like, oh yeah, this is what you're missing. And then like... After the blowjob, the content is a scene. Yeah, the content just just gives a scene context, right? It's again, it's like hour at hour and hour thirty of the movie, right? Yeah, 
And Ma- Maximus still hasn't gone consent to have sex with Laura. Even though she, he has touched her across the whole movie? He has groped her a lot, but he hasn't had a consent to actually have sex with her. So he ties her, like, he gets, gets real rapey. He throws her, like, she tries to leave the room, the door's locked. She, he throws her on the bed. Ties her up. And also, this is, legs and this, arms. Is a, this is on a, this is on a room where he has a picture, he has a painting of himself with a lion. I just want to put that out there. And then, um, he ties her up to this bed, right? And her legs are wide open and like, he, he's like, is he going to do it? He's going to do it. He's not. He doesn't. And this lady come up and he said, he told, tells Laura, I'm going to show you what you're missing. And then he gets a blowjob. And that's it. He doesn't do like, anything. That's the only thing. He, like, he, he, he never showcases his abilities or something. He just gets a blowjob and the, the girl leaves. Look at how good at getting blowjobs. I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah, it's just like, you, what's the point? Mother, what's the fucking point? Like, uh, anyone has got a blowjob. Getting a blowjob, as a person we see in the blowjob, you're not doing much. You, you don't You don't need a whole bunch of skills to get a blowjob. Like. You you are more a of a uh, pa- specific. Yeah. Passive participant you know yeah unless you're like maximus it seems because like yeah because i guess his boy i guess his dick is moving around in her mouth and he's doing like circus circus isolation in there gymnastics over there yeah like um, <laughs> but but anyway but yeah like the whole thing the, is like so what are you trying to achieve by like because the whole like and, and just like, let's go to the pure innocent thing like <laughs> even though this movie doesn't make it easy for us the whole thing is maximus wants laura to fall in love for him in 365 days how are you going to achieve that when you're like receiving blowjobs from other women and even if that went further on like you're showcasing your ability as a man or ability in bed like why are you like why will somebody fall in love with you just by seeing you fuck another woman like so i i have I, I why know, i know why and uh, there's a reason for it uh so it's actually pretty it's a pretty nicely done that's actually one of the few nice details of the movie that he put on I actually noticed in my second viewing mm-hmm. is that uh, Massimus, the whole movie, he has a copy of the script with him the whole time. So you can notice that Massimus, like every time he's reading something, he's actually reading the script of the movie. Oh, yeah. He has a copy of it that he keeps with him. So he knows what's going on. And I'm going to get you why he has a script with him. There is a specific reason where I came up with that. But he has a script. But anyway. But there's some hints then, to it, right? Like when he's delivering yeah, and, and when he's speaking, it seems like he's reading from the script. He, but he's reading from something. Yeah, he's, he has a copy of the script. Ma- Massimus, he's, he, he has like, boom, right? <laughs> okay, anyway. Movie goes on pretty much on that. And it's like, oh, are they going to fuck? Or are they not going to fuck? The jet. And then there's a, whole th- there's a whole thing that Massimus shoots another guy because he was flirting with Laura. And then Danny DeVito makes a big deal out of it. But at the end, there's nothing. There's, like he makes a big deal, but as everything nothing is, happens of the crim, and everything is like, oh, we 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 lost coke, we are losing our shares. Like everything's a big deal criminally on this movie on the criminal part of it. There's never a payoff to it. Oh yeah, this is fucked up. Massimus are gonna get angry at us. You never do. And then like never do. <laughs> so and then we're getting and then, to. Then, then we have this weird scene. Like this, is, like closer to the like, third act of the movie, right? We have this crazy scene where they're finally falling in love, where they're discussing because like. Massimus is pretty much shaming Laura for wearing quote unquote Short slutty clothes, yeah. and saying that it's her fault that his friend tried to hit rape her, and it's her fault that he had oh, to shoot him, fuck, man. and all that. And they start fighting, right? And as they're fighting, she falls from the yacht. Laura falls from the. They're on a boat. They're on a yacht, right? Falls from the yacht, and then Massimus jumps in the water and saves her. Although we know that Laura can swim because we saw her in a swimming pool earlier, but. 
Apparently, he saves her from drowning, which she knows how to swim. And anyway... Oh, and, and also in a super did, Baywatch style, you know? Like, Massimo straight up, like, doing the dolphin posture and going like, Oh, I'm going to save <laughs> you! Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and he saves her, and then she falls in love with him. Because he saved her from drowning, where she knew how to swim. <laughs> and she fell on water because he was, like, getting in her personal space and made her trip. But I guess he jumped, he got wet for her. And, and after... And he fell in love. And, and it seems like Laura hit her head, like, really bad after, like, falling to the water. Yeah. But her... Because her whole you personality and her whole, her whole changes. like, it's... point of view from the world, like, changes. It's like, oh, yeah, I was so wrong by, like, dressing that way and being this. Like, I'm so sorry, Massimus. Like, Massimus, I'm so sorry because of that. Like, you're, you the, were white. you're the great and the wise and the handsome and all that kind of shit. And, it's, and, and, the, whole, and the whole scene, Massimus is pretty much a caged... He, like, he's an animal, the whole movie. Like, he acts like an animal. He goes, like, when I don't get what I want. Like, when you have a whole life, when you get everything you want by force, it's hard to not have an, as an instinct do that, right? Like, he grabs her by the... He's, like, he spends a good half of the movie grabbing her by the neck. By the throat. And choking yeah. her. So, he's he's a fucking animal. He's a fucking savage animal, the whole movie. <laughs> That's what he is. And then... And then, I don't know if you noticed, Rodrigo, but, like, they are on this boat in the middle of nowhere, right? They're, they're, it's Laura, Massimus, and Danny DeVito on this boat. Oh, yeah, and they start and after, fucking in the whole boat. And, and, Meanwhile, Mario's in the boat. And after he saved her, right, he's have It's a five-minute-long montage. And it's a, I'm saying it's a five-minute-long montage. Maybe four. But it's around five, four-minute-long montage of them fucking on different parts of the boat. And I'm talking full-on, like, it's only softcore, because there's no penetration being showed. Like we're, but, like, it's really graphic. Yeah. Like, you're seeing everything. You're not missing anything. Like you're, you're seeing them fuck. Like, that... Uh, and... And what... Danny DeVito's on the boat. You don't, you don't know where he... Like, there's a point that they're fucking on the outside of the boat by, like, the tip of it. Yeah. And who God knows where Danny DeVito is. He's probably crying in a, in a <laughs> closet. <laughs> begging you for it to end. Like, please stop. I want it to end. Get me off this boat. Hurry up. <laughs> we need to get to the coast. Please. <laughs> please. Captain. Please. Just get me to the coast. Yeah, like, oh, that whole montage, I was like, what the fuck is Mario doing? Like, he's just recording or something? Or, or what the fuck? Because, like... <laughs> he's the one filming the montage, yeah. Fuck. Mario's the one from the month. Yeah, no. And, and yeah, like, after that, like, straight up, like, we can say nothing happens. Like, th there's nothing a whole, happens. like, subplot line of, like, oh, Massimo, Massimo had to deal with, like, this mob thing, whatever. He got, like, two, three bruises in his chest, and we assume, like, he, he was shot or he was tortured or, like, some shit like that. But before that, he sends uh, Laura to Varsovia, uh, and then, like, Laura... Varsovia. Yeah. What? Warsaw. Oh yeah, Warsaw. Sorry, uh, she sends Laura to Warsaw and like, uh, and then uh, she reconnects wait, wait, with no, her best let's, friend. Let's talk about this again because what it's, is more it? it's more it's it's weird than that, right? It's pretty much Massimus go. Okay, now I, we are gonna have a we're gonna have a war. We're gonna have a crime war because I shot that guy that tried to rape Laura. So we're gonna have a crime war, pretty much, right? And then he sends her away and he stays behind. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's the crime war plotline. He, he, he does it quite more. You don't see it. But it happens. Because you're seeing Laura, but it may happen, yeah. Like, well, while she was in Warsaw, he was doing crime wars. And he, I guess he won the crime wars, I guess. Because he, because like, he changed houses, but I don't know if you noticed, but he got a, a better, like, he left the castle. Oh, yeah. 
and he actually he actually got a, a modern time mansion. So I'm assuming he won the crime war and got a new house out of it or something. But we never see it. Like he just goes, you gotta leave, you gotta watch Warsaw, and that's it. That's all we know about the crime war. As everything that's crime related to this movie, that's all we know. It's super vague as everything in this movie super regarding vague. to the criminal thing. And then um, Laura goes through through this existential crisis of like now I love Maximus and he's the love of my life and like I'm so torn because he's away from me even though she just fell in love for him like what two days ago or one day ago or whatever two months two she, months they were together for two months they were no he kid no so he kidnapped her two months ago no 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 but she's an old but girl. I mean like but he fell, fell in, in love. love in day it's the same day because it's so. The reason why they have so it's they have the, the conversation it's it's Danny DeVito and Mas and Maximus yeah. talking about him and the guy and Danny DeVito goes there's gonna be a war and after that they get on shore and then he tells her to leave so it's like a week they they've been like she has a lot a lot of sex with her like on, on that week they have fallen in love on that week technically and then like how how long did it happen like between Maximus arriving to Warsaw and and it, her it's leaving it's a few weeks. It's a few weeks because she does a whole makeover. She gets she like blonde hair, long. yeah. She has just to showcase hair. like she, she made a transformation of the character, even though she didn't then, do anything. And 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 then we get to the, the most the poorest character on this movie, Helsinki Light. Oh yeah. She finds Helsinki Light again, right? And then Helsinki Light, like pretty much like we, one thing we forgot to mention is them as that. Uh, the reason why she was so able to forget her old ex boyfriend is because Ma Maximus Maximus showed. A picture of Helsinki fucking a different girl. Yeah, cheating on her. But cheating on her. But the thing that the movie didn't let it very clear is that he didn't technically cheat on her. She disappeared, and Helsinki got into the room, and Maximus sent one of his lackeys to leave a letter on the room, and the letter was Laura breaking up with Helsinki, telling her that she didn't love him, and she was going back to Warsaw, and she never wanted to see him again. Pretty much breaking her heart on their, like, pretty much honeymoon, right? Yeah. And then he freaks out and he fucks someone because he's heartbroken and he's, like... He wants a rebound. On edge. Yeah. He was a rebound. Like, and... What? And then, and then Laura is mad at him because he fucked someone else when he got lied to? Like, he thought, like... Like, I feel like it's, like, kind of, like, Ross and Rachel, we are on a break kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he, like he thought they were done. He was, like, sad. He was depressed. And then she fucked someone else to, like, try to cope. Like, I, I get where he comes from, right? And then you have the most bizarre scene on this movie, which is Helsinki Light follows Laura to her hotel. And who's and there? Who's in the apartment? And Massimo's Massimo. in the apartment waiting for them, right? And then you have the most stone-deaf scene of the movie, which is Helsinki just asking to... Like, he's not touching her. He's not like... All he's doing is holding the door. And all, he's like, he's asking to enter the room to explain his situation. Yeah. Which can't be bad. You can't interpret that in a bad way. Like, a guy trying to force his way into a girl's room. Yes, that can be a bad thing. But then you have Massimus over here, who's in the room already. He broke in, by the way. Yep. And Massimus, the man who was touching Laura without her permission... Who was groping her the whole movie? Dying her up. Private parts. He has the fucking gall of looking at Helsinki Light and going, "The lady said no." Oh yeah. Better leave. Because Massimus is a gentleman. Motherfucker! <laughs> are we gonna talk about? Are you going to tell me about consent right now? Are you? Are you gonna be the dude? Yeah. No. No man. No. Who? Who the who fuck are you? This? Who the fuck are you to who? be telling this? 
Long story. And, okay, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit, at this point, they have another sex scene, and I just skipped it. I couldn't. I just, <laughs> just skipped it. It just at this point, I was just skipping. Like, no, I'm skipping this. Skip, skip, skip. And, and I think and it's, it, it's kind of like what you said. You know, like the, the because. To be fair, so the, the movie the seems to have like a sex. good amount of budget. Like, uh, uh, it's stupid. No, the, the movie. The movie has a fucking huge budget. They have private jets. They have. They castle have castle locations. Yeah, like they they were stacked with money, and then like, but they, every fucking sex scene, like they tried to make it like in so many fucking different angles just to showcase like, oh yeah, we had a drone and we had a slider and we had a dolly and we had like three other fucking cameras and everybody was like using Aria Lexus and Reds and all this kind of shit, you know? Look at this gear we have. Yeah. yeah. It's confusing. So, so I skipped the sex scene, right? And then I now, correct me if I'm wrong, I skipped the sex scene. I like, because Netflix is, Netflix is super weird about skipping stuff. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but like at least on the X, I, I, I watched on my Xbox, right? On the Xbox, it's hard to rewind and go back because it's like in segments of 30 and 20 seconds and you can't do more than that so i had to skip 30 30 30 30 30 seconds every time yeah and i was out of the sex scene right and as i was out i like like i was out and i i just got to the end of the scene and i saw like it was laura looking at Massimus and saying yes i'm assuming the he proposed to her there i'm not yeah. sure yeah yeah that's happened. I, I feel like the, so I didn't see the proposal. I didn't, how, how was the proposal? So I didn't see uh, it. It was else. just pretty much straight up, like, after fucking saying, like, uh, I don't remember if it was Laura or it was Massimo saying, like, no, no, it was Massimo, like, showcasing a ring or something and putting her on or something like that. And then, like, she's like, yes. And then, and then, like, the... And that's also one of the fucking problems from the movie. Like, the, the movie tries to be so freaking much that then it's yeah, yeah. just nothing because there's some yeah. parts... by the way... The, the movie ended 40 minutes ago, by the way. The movie ended when, like, the, the whole thing of the movie was, is she going to fall in love with him? She did. Yeah. 40 minutes ago. The movie ended already. Yeah. And then we have this, like, 30-minute segment, which is her getting ready for the wedding. And, and that's the, the right. fucking thing. Like, the, the beginning of the movie, they tried to play it out as if it was a thriller or a drama or a very heavy, very heavy drama from time to time. Then, like, some poor parts of the story is just, like, Straight up porn or just like an, an erotic movie or whatever from Golden Choice. And then, like, from what I've read, the movie, the book is an erotica. It's like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. It's an erotica book. And then, like, so the, the movie is the last bit of the movie, movie is just like a romantic comedy and everybody's like happy go lucky. Becomes, it becomes a romantic comedy where everyone is happy go lucky and they're preparing for the wedding, right? They're preparing for the wedding. Massimus meets her dad and her mom. But because Massimus is a criminal lord, her parents can't actually go to the wedding. Yeah. Wedding. But since Laura is such a fucking doormat of a character with no personality, she's too completely okay with her parents not being present at her wedding. But That's her but her best friend. friend has to be there. Because she knows well, everything about Massimo. Yeah, so he she has to be there. She knows you're a gangster, so she has to come. My parents don't fuck them now. They, they, they don't get <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> fuck those old people. And then you have this bit of the movie, right? Where, uh, you have Danny DeVito. You have you have okay. This is the like end of the movie. You have Laura and Maximus on the phone while she's coming back after shopping for her dress, right? You have, and by the way, you have a lot of stuff happening between them. Like it's a thirty minute segment. We're skipping here because you don't like if you want to go watch it. And also because nothing it's, happens like re for real. Like nothing in particular really happens nothing. that is mentioned in like oh yeah and this happened or something like there's like a stupid scene between one no. of the henchmen and like the be the best friend from Laura implying some stuff, but it's just like super they're, they're, fucking they're, stupid, they're, they're, pointless. They might be flirting, yeah, but uh, okay. And okay, the movie goes on, and Laura's on the phone with Massimus, right? And then uh, Danny DeVito is on a car somewhere, going somewhere. 
doesn't matter. And he gets a phone call from someone that doesn't know. We don't know. And he gets a phone call say, Laura's going to gonna be, kill her. Yeah. Laura's going to get killed. And then I was like, this is it. This is the Danny DeVito betrayal. Because again, as Rodrigo mentioned earlier, Danny DeVito never liked Laura. And, and he told her he, that. He, he, tell, he straight up tells her that because he's a traditionalist. He, he thinks Massimo should be marrying an Italian girl, not a Polish girl. So he doesn't like her. And then you think, okay, this is like, this is Danny DeVito getting the confirmation, right? Yep. But no, he freaks out and he starts killing Massimus. Like, oh, God, gotta tell Massimus. Gotta tell Massimus. Right, gotta tell Massimus. Hurry, hurry. We have but to Massimus... go back to the house and tell this, this to Massimus. And it's like, and at, at that moment, I was it, like so fucking confused. Like, what? Like, what? Like, why did you care? You never liked her. But anyway, Ma- Ma- Massimus is on the phone with Laura, so the line is busy and he can't pick up because obviously, right? And then you have this scene of Danny DeVito arriving at the mansion where Massimus is on, the new mob boss mansion he's on. And then you have like a drone shot, because of course they had a drone, they had to show you a drone shot, (laughs) of Laura's car entering this tunnel. (laughs) And any person that has lived in the 21st century go, hey babe, I'm entering a tunnel right now, connection might fall. Laura doesn't do that, right? And the connection just falls, and Massimus starts freaking out, Laura, Laura, Laura. And then Danny DeVito walks in, right? And just sees. And they don't share and, and he just looks at him. Not particularly sad, right? Not particularly sad. He's just like kind of shocked. He doesn't say a word. But Maximus knows what happened. He was on a phone call with her. He had no idea there was an attempt to kill her. But, but he knows. Because the connect- but he knows because the connection dropped. Yeah. And because he's Massimus. And no, and that's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. He had a script on him. He read a script. That that's when I figured out, okay, Massimus had a copy of the script this whole time. Because there is no logical reason for him to even consider her being killed there. Because what happened was she got in and the connection dropped. Because she was under a tunnel in the connection drop. I mean, it wasn't like Laura, Laura, explosion, and then no, just connection just dropped because she was in a tunnel. And, and, that's... and then we as a, we as an audience know because we have the shot of a tunnel, the car entering the tunnel. And the police it's actually and then it would actually be a pretty sweet shot if it was a continuous shot. Again, this movie is overly edited. So the mistake they made was... Level with me, Rodrigo, here for a second. If it was a shot, like the drone shot of like, mm-hmm. the car entering the tunnel, and you have the drone fly to the other side of the tunnel, and you have and you have the voiceover of Massimus trying to talk with her, right? Yeah. Through the phone, while we just see the drone footage. And then, as we see drone footage, we see the car doesn't leave the tunnel. And there's nothing. Nothing. And then we just hear Massimus, like, calling for her. And we see, maybe we hear Mario trying to calm him down, right? And we just hear Mario's, like, Danny DeVito's voice trying to calm him down. And then, like, a minute or two pass of, like, just us staring at the tunnel, not knowing if the car's going to come out or not, right? Yeah. And then you just see a police car coming towards the tunnel. Also, like, even... you, Imagine you can do it. that would be actually a cool idea, you know? Yeah. Just a cool idea for her. You can also do it, like, other ways, you know? Like, you could actually have, like, a stationary camera, like, looking at the tunnel. We see the band where Laura's in entering the tunnel. As the darkness, like, surrounds the car and we don't see the car, we still hear through the sounds, like, Massimus calling to Laura, like, Laura, Laura. And then, like, we can see kind of, like, the back and forth between Mario and Massimus. And then, like, silence and credits. And that's it, you know? We implied, like, she didn't came out of the tunnel, you know? It's just, like, those little hints, those effective things that you don't need to do super overcomplicated, like, I have a drone kind of thing or whatever. 
but it's just mm. like effective you know and it, and it works but then like that that's what i'm saying like it would be cool to have like somebody like sound design wise because i think there was a lot of missed opportunities in this movie to yeah. actually come up with yeah. something like a story through sound you know even though like yeah, a lot of people shit on sound guys and I, I, I myself like shit on some sound guys but like straight up like sound it's an audiovisual uh project right so audio is a big part of it you know it's one of the two big things in the fucking world so if you're not doing one aspect of that like you're fucking it up and this movie i really think they fucked it up like through the soundtrack to the score to the sound design through the bf like the sound effects the, the yeah everything like the bgs everything was fucking awful man yeah and then the movie ended laura died the movie ended like dies it's gonna be a sequel she didn't die and the book apparently she doesn't have a book so Probably not that. Probably just an attempt to survive. Blah, blah, blah. Movie says she dies. Movie ends. That's the end. Yeah. Thank, thank Christ. It's it's done. And and, and that's a... something that I wanted to discuss with Arthur in specific, like, and why we brought up like this topic to the podcast today is like, why two guys, uh, and and even whoever we were, like, why two people spend a whole hour summarizing this shitty movie and discussing their fallouts and their wrongings and their like their flaws and all this kind of stuff and why is number one on netflix this kind of content in particular because it's not a good movie not at all so not so a fucking all. i'm gonna blow your mind up i, I did what i did that like i saw this movie I was like i got it like i had my opinions of it right like, I, I gotta see what like i can't be this crazy. i gotta hear what other people are saying about this movie yep I gotta know. And I went to the Reddit poach face for this movie, right? Dude, people fucking love this movie. And, and that's fucked up. That's fucked people up. People fucking love this movie. And I saw a lot of people saying, like, like let's, let's be real here. Massimus is a rapist. Yep. He, he caused Stockholm Syndrome on Laura, and he raped her. He is a rapist. The number of comments I see of people defending Massimus and how he's a misunderstood gentleman, and how uh, people like a lady needs a guy like Massimus, you know, and then like no, and, and defending the movie, saying it's an erotica, and people don't like it or just not the right audience for it. No, but but also yeah, I guess, like I guess I'm not the right audience for it, but like Jesus, like the number of people I saw defending this movie was. No, and, and I went to Twitter as well, like, to check, like, you you know I'm not a Twitter guy, but, like, I went to Twitter to check, like, some opinions, because, like, like just straight up, like, I think, even though Twitter is one of the most toxic communities of the whole social media-wise, there's also, like, some critical thinking because of the character you have to choose to post your fucking tweet or whatever, right? So, I saw a bunch of comments of, like, 15-year-old, like, I cannot assure their ages, but it just, like, look underage women. Mm-hmm. Like, commenting in some stuff of, like, oh, yeah, like, uh, I-, I will give everything to be, like, kidnapped by Maximus or something like that, you know? And it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, in 2020, why this meant... Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we can go hours and hours talking about, like, this shouldn't be happening. Like, this kind of, like, stuff is unacceptable and all that kind of stuff. But why, like, this content is so popular is because we decide it's popular we decide, like, for example, me and you, like, for a fact, 
we, we both know we're not going to watch the sequel or if we watch it just for the sake of like doing another episode for the pod, for the podcast or whatever but just for the sake of watching it or for us recommending it to somebody else we're not going to watch these movies but the fact of no. the matter that is number one on netflix one of the most important platforms in the world and like people are saying this kind of shit of like justifying a rapist and like women saying i would like to be kidnapped by this kind of stuff like you have to be held accountable for that kind of content you know but also not only to the filmmakers and the people making this stuff also to the people watching it and trying to spread this message across right or at least that's my thinking yeah. because that's uh so just to give some context beyond that like i, I have talked a, a bunch of times to arthur about like it's i think it's really different uh, so let's say it's really different Breaking Bad to Narcos Mexico, uh, in the sense of like Breaking Bad, even though there's like this whole drug situation in the US or whatever, but they're not, let, I don't want to use the word suffering, but they don't have it as bad in Mexico in the narco kind of like deals that they're happening. Like in Mexico, pretty much like you live in fear of being kidnapped, raped, killed, all the awful fun all the awful stuff that you can think of so for me when you start spreading this kind of content and making it popular when this thing is happening right now in a country and just like instilling that mentality of like narcos as heroes and, and arthur has explained me a bunch of time that in narcos mexico yes. that doesn't happen but in other series in mexico where like um el señor de los cielos and like all, other kind of stuff like other narco series because that's pretty much a, a very important topic or a very like recurring topic in mexican soap operas or mexican series or whatever the fact of the matter is you're impregnating that mentality of like narcos as heroes and like narcos as this like thing that you want to aspire right and i think that's the problem with also three, uh, 365 days like we went the whole rate like i think we as a society worldwide i'm not saying like we have done a tremendous amount of job like we have done some progress because like also there's some part where they still like have this kind of mentality of like women are less women are like this and that men should be like this way men should be this kind of stuff like they they, post, they put laura and maximus as archetypes pretty much and the fact of the matter is like having countries as progressive as canada uh, let's say quote unquote in the u.s even though like we know they have like their whole shit right now and they have always have shit it's just like people like to based on the U.S. for the sake of they're the U.S., right? And they're the standard, supposedly. But just having this kind of content be number one is kind of like giving this validation of like, yeah, you could be... Like, if you're handsome and you want to be a dick and you want to be like this exotic, kind of like rape, rapey, kidnapping guy, you can do it. Massimus does it. Like, everybody loves Massimus, you know? Like, why would you not? Yeah, because he's built like a Greek god. Yeah, like... You, you should aspire to be Massimus, you know? Like, being fucking buff as fuck. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can be a fucking criminal. And then you'll have the world at your feet. And then, like, the message that gives to little girls or, like, to young women is just, like, yeah, be submissive as Laura, you know? Like, break your whole idea. Because the, the fact... And I'm going to say, like, the whole thing with Laura, even though, like, she's bad acted and, like, she has this fucking arc or whatever, it's, like, she starts as a strong, powerful woman that does her own shit, that doesn't take shit from men, that, like, resists Maximus, that in the meeting, like, she's like, okay, this whole thing happened because of me. It didn't happen because of you fucking guy across the table saying, like, women cannot do this kind of shit. But at the end of the movie, like, they set her up to the 
whole thing of like, okay, so she's like going to be just a staying mother for Massimo's child, and it's just like going to submit to everything that Massimus is saying, pretty much. And that's it. That's that's the change that they made to Car the, to Laura. So pretty much they're just deconstructing a strong, powerful women character just to make it a submissive one for the sake of Massimus to have a prop. And that's fucked up. Yes. And it, it, the, the message it sends, right? It's just... Massimus, Massimus is a horrible human being, and the fact that he gets redeemed for the by the audience, nonetheless, yeah. like that's the thing. It's he's redeemed by the audience, not the movie itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I I just don't get it, you know. Like that that's why I think is is important to talk about this. Uh, I watched recently, uh, yesterday, in fact, uh, there was a whole conference about racism in Mexico by different actors and comedians and whatever, and. Something that really stick to me was that the content that we watch, like, you can say it's just plain content and it's just for entertainment, but the fact of the matter is, like, people are sitting down, families, couples, men, women, whatever, like, they're sitting down and they're receiving a message because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do as communicators and as filmmakers. We want to, we want to get a message across. So the message of this movie, what is it? Like I, I know you, you can say it's yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Like <laughs> exactly, okay. Yeah, yeah, like you can say it's an erotica and like it's just for the sake of it. But for that, you can go watch porn and that's it, right? Like you, you don't need that kind of stuff. Like and also like that's in your own free time, in your own personal space or whatever. Like you can search whatever the fuck you want. Like everybody knows how porn works. But the fact of the matter is like this being at the top of every fucking content. Of course, movies in general in the platform of Netflix is just mind-blowing because it's just validation from people. It's just straight up, how can you make such bad content? Because at the end of the... Like, just think about it. We, we have explained it's badly shot. The character have no development. It has a bad performance from the actors. Is the plotline doesn't make any fucking sense. So what is it selling? It's selling you the fucking idea of Maximus mm -hmm. and his relationship with Laura. It's not selling you the relationship or the love story or something. It's, it's, it's selling you the idea of you being this fucking guy, having all the control, having all the money in the world, having all these rapey attitudes or whatever, and you can have it all at the expenses of this woman that had her shit figure out I don't know it's, I just think it's, it's I don't know it's, it's mind blowing man it's, it's fucked up uh, uh, to say the it's, least it's it's mind blowingly bad yeah and I found I found a lot of people again not everyone's, I found a lot of people that really dislike the movie found a lot of people that really really dislike the movie I think it had like uh, a zero percent in like Rotten Tomatoes or something right it's 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 three it's 1.3 I think on uh, IMDb yeah it's like a really low mark on IMDb. But also, that, that's why I wanted to mention, like, is it, like, how can I say it, like, without sounding so bad? It's just, yeah, we can express our opinion through, like, comments. or Because I think the fact of the matter is, like, some content that is bad can become viral or can become popular because it's cringy, you know, and it can become a meme or whatever. I don't see this thing mm -hmm. becoming a meme, even though it has his flaws or whatever. Like, I don't see how it could become a meme. It's just, like, straight up bad, and that's it. 
Like it's yeah, it's it's not the room, right? It's not like the room where you could like make something funny out of it. No, like I don't think so. Yeah. Like even though it's bad delivering and, and all that kind of stuff, like it's just straight bad. It's not straight funny or straight like oh yeah like for example you know like when i use facebook or something i i use a lot of gifs or whatever i wouldn't like start looking for a massimus gif of like oh yeah he said this quote in the movie or something like it's, it's not something that could be used I, I don't know like it's not me material but <sighs> yeah the, the fact of the matter mm-hmm. is just how, how can i say it it's it, like yeah, we voice our opinions, let's say, with this podcast and with comments in IMDb and with ratings and with Rotten Tomatoes and all that kind of stuff. But it's still number one. So, like, either there's a huge... Actually, number, actually number two now. It's number two now. It fell down. It fell down? As, well, good, but... As of this recording. But still, like, just just the accomplishment of it, it for one week, it was number one, you know? Like it's, it's yeah. like like f- me and you, we will be like stacked if one of our films like in the future was like number one in oh, yeah. Netflix. Or, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So w- what I'm saying is like, sure, we can voice our opinions and we can say like it's fucking bad. Everything, not only in the movie but everything that the movie is telling, but it seems there's a whole huge population that accepts and like likes this idea of the movie, even though it's fucking bad as fuck. Like they love this idea that the movie is selling, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I, I, I don't, I don't think I have much more to say about this movie, man. It's, it's a, it's a draining movie, you know. No, yeah, I, I just think like across, like the the rather than the movie, the the conversation, right now is most likely like, content like, Fifty Shades of Grey, like, three three hundred sixty five days. Like, this kind of stuff that just sells you the, these ideas and these things that... Is, I, I don't think it's socially acceptable or, like, you know, like, you're bound to be, like... If you like this stuff, like, it's okay, but why does it become so freaking popular, you know? Like, why, mm. like, there's so many people, like, turning their eyes? Because the fact of the matter is, like, three, three, six, uh, 365 days is going to have its sequel... And probably that sequel is going to have a sequel. Like it's going to be a whole trilogy or whatever. I don't know how many books are they of, of that thing. It's only the one. It's, it's only the one book. But apparently the the, the movie is uh, the opposite of it. Oh really? Uh, the, the movie's not the movie. Is like ants halfway through the book or something. Oh, so you like you it, split it, up the book in half or something like that? Yeah, it wasn't. Apparently, wasn't the full book. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. But I mean, like. They're, they're going to release the sequel and it's going to be like a two-part whatever like 50 shades of Grey was like three movies or whatever so are, are we just pretending we don't like this content or are we pretending we don't like these ideas or or what's it the makes deal money you know? right? at the end of the day it, make, it makes money at the end of the day but... and that's the thing like that's something i discussed and i want to touch this before we run out of time like uh, there was a whole thing, and I don't intend to go full political or talking about racism because I don't think it's the space or the time for the for this podcast to talk about that. Hopefully, eventually we can talk about this. But um, you know this whole like, like this whole thing when the new Little Mermaid was announced, right? Uh, and it yes. was like the whole controversy because she was uh, well, she's an African American and all that kind of stuff. For me, like I don't mind. Like I'm, I'm super happy for it. Like I'm, I'm willing to look this new version or whatever. Like it's cool. Like I don't think should, nobody should have an issue with that. But 
there's a whole community. Like I started off like fight with people in Facebook like twenty four seven for a whole week because they were sharing this thing of like, oh you're calling us like it's not the same being racist or like calling us racist because we don't like uh, this girl being the little mermaid or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I agree. Like, if you don't like it, like, you're not a racist. But if you're, like, sharing memes and making fun of her because she's black, if, yeah, like, that's pretty racist. That kind of stuff, yeah. you know? And then, like, their whole their whole kind of, like, counter-argument was kind of like, well, yeah, but they're, like, like the, the tail is from a Danish, Nordic kind of thing, so it should be white and, like, red-haired or blonde-haired or whatever, and it should stick so to the, the big- thing or whatever. And my point is, like... For me, it doesn't. Like, it's just a mythical fucking thing. And before our times, Disney didn't, like, give these characters to black people because we know the fucking systematic racism that everybody uh, went across let, let them. It, let's remember that Jesus Christ was a Middle Eastern Jew. Yeah. That does not look like the Obi-Wan Kenobi figure that he looks today. And, so. and, and the fact of the matter is, like, uh, if you... Like, you, you just said it. Like, they make money. So yeah. what what I'm telling these people is like, if if it fails in box office or if it fails to get the revenue back, like, sure you can get your white supremacist back of like being a red-haired like woman or whatever, the little mermaid or whatever. If it doesn't fail, there's a huge population saying we like the new little mermaid or whatever, and it doesn't like. Yeah. I just want to make this point across before we go to the recommendations and just wrap this up, but. One f- like for the sake of like this new Little Mermaid to exist in this live action form, it doesn't make the animated one disappear. Like that, that will always stick. No. Like that, yeah. that that version will always exist. Whatever you do, even if you do like a live action red haired like Little Mermaid, the one you will always remember is the animated one because that's the one that like is f- first struck you or whatever. So why the fuck are you making a whole deal about this? You know, like why? If, if it fails, it fails. If it if it comes out, like you'll see the Little Mermaid too, and that's it. Or if you're going to see like a new a status or whatever, and it's fine. And, and there there's a thing that I also think about that like people forget. Oh, if we're making a Little Mermaid black, we're gonna make Black Panther white. The whole prop the whole problem of making black characters white is two things. One is a whitewashing of non-white culture that has happened again as mentioned with our lord and savior jesus christ got whitewashed is the whitewashing of different cultures which is the issue which is very present and harsh and the other is the lack of representation of people of color in roles in hollywood the, 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 why the reason why it's okay to make ariel black is that there's so many white actors in hollywood yep that you're not stealing a job from anyone, right? They have so many opportunities, so many roles, that it's okay to give this role to someone else. And also, Danish culture has not been... I mean, after the Catholics got there and destroyed all the Nordic people and destroyed their culture, but modern Danish culture has not been under attack the same way that African culture has, same way Middle Eastern culture has, you know? It just hasn't. Yep. So that's why one is better than the other, because they're not the same thing. And it's hard for people to understand that. Yeah, and it's the whole thing that you're mentioning, like the whole giving the opportunities to new actresses and, and that kind of stuff. It's, it's just straight up, like, I think it's good overall. Like, it's, it's hopefully, and, and this comment might sound off and maybe like, I don't know, whatever. But like, hopefully there's one day where we can have like 
characters like race bending across like everything. But until we get to that point, that point will reach when we're in the same standing and we have the same representation yeah. about everybody, you know. But until well, that, like you're just like quality, making a mockery yeah. about like. Oh, so let's change Black Panther as well. Well, Black Panther is one of the yeah. few fucking characters that they have that they created with the purpose of representing, like, the black community. So, fuck you for saying that, like, for real. It is, it's dumb. But anyway, we're going to have to get that topic on a different episode because we are running out of time. Oh, yeah. Uh, recommendations, and, right? Uh, so, it's recommendations, correct. Uh, fuck. Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, fuck. It's, the thing is, I don't know what we're recommending. Are we recommending bad movies? <laughs> or we're recommending <laughs> uh, eroticas? Or we're, because, yeah, I, I don't know what we're recommending. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, for me, if we're recommending something, let's say, for, from Netflix right now, since that thing is in Netflix as well, and that's how it came to popularity, I would recommend one series that I'm enjoying with my wife at the moment called Doro Hedoro. Uh, mm-hmm. I always, it seems how I always recommend anime, but it's the thing that I've been watching lately. Uh, really interesting, really cool aesthetic, like really funny at some point. Like I know sometimes Japanese humor is not like for everybody's taste, but I think this one comes across like really cool. Uh, and yeah, like if you don't want to waste your time watching 365 days, you can watch Toro Hedoro. Yeah. Uh... I don't think I've recommended this yet, and I'm not joking this time. Okay, uh, don't say Tiger King. It's a, it's a, I'm not gonna stick again. It's a, it's a, it's, it, it was this movie. I think it was a top Netflix movie here in North America, like in March or April. Mm-hmm. It's a Spanish one. It's a Spanish one. It's a, the platform. Eloho. Uh, Eloyo. Eloyo. Yeah. Eloyo. Nice movie. It's, yeah, I don't like it, but it's a good movie. Like I, I, re- I really dislike the ending. I really, really dislike. I have, I have a lot of issues with the ending of that movie, but we just get that at another day. Yeah. But I would recommend watching it. It is a good watching experience. And it is a very well-made movie. It's a very well-made movie. It's very well shot. It's very interesting. I have a big fan of some problems with how it was written and how it ended. But it, it doesn't take the fact that it was well-made. Yeah, but if you so put like in a that. scale, let's say, foreign movies that are right now in Netflix, then you, you should watch. Like pretty much Eloyo is like you top, watch top Eloyo, rather yeah. than 365 days, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you should all agree because, yeah. I think my problem with Eloyo is less of a technical issue and more of a personal one of how they handle their storytelling. But we can get that into another episode because we also discussed this, like talking about foreign content in another episode. So you'll get to that episode eventually. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed our suffering. (laughs) I hope I've I've watched four hours of 365 days for you folks. I hope you enjoyed it because we are leaving now because we have to detox. See you guys. See you in two weeks. Bye bye.